Yo, 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 we have a very powerful episode of Open Discussions lined up for you this week. I am your host and spiritual homie, Roshan Davis, coming to you live from UHHQ, where we blend creativity, collaboration, community, and commerce together to make some unforgettable experiences. Today, we're talking about bravery. We're talking about courage. And what can happen when you take one step past your fears and honor the relationship with yourself by continuously choosing courage. On this episode, I'm talking to one of my favorite spiritual homies, Gavina Avila. As you will hear, Gavina has been extremely monumental in getting me to choose bravery and getting out of my own comfort zones. So I'm excited for you to hear from her. She has a lot of quotables, but one of my favorite from the talk was when she said, this is where we are right now, but this is not where we are forever. <laughs> Let that sink in. Anyway, without further ado, open your ears, open your mind, and tune in to Open Discussions with the Spiritual Homie. We have a very special guest here today. Um, I just want to start by telling a story about Gavina. Like, uh, let's let's go back a little bit in time. I think it was on Facebook. I see her, and she's like having a blast in Egypt, in front of the pyramids. Were you in Cairo? Was that Cairo, or were you in Giza? Which one was it? Um, in where? Which one? And when you were when you were in Egypt, when you were in front of the pyramids, where were you? Were you in Cairo? I was in Oh, okay. Giza. Is okay. it Cairo? Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. Yeah, you had a <laughs> lot of fun out there. Let's just put it that way. Like she was out there and you know, I, I was looking at the pictures and I was just like, dang, and 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 Egypt was on my bucket list at that time. And I was like, man. And if I'm honest with myself, I had this idea that it was this big goal that I would obtain at one point in my life. I didn't really have this feeling, this courage, this bravery to actually do it. It was like one of those things I just threw off in the distance. And when Gavina got back and I saw her and I was telling her that, she was like, son, just go. And I was like, what? No, I can't just, I can't just go. And she's like, nah, you're going to go. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'll go sometime in my life. And she's like, nah, you're, you're going to go sooner than that. And it was just this, this moment where, you know, it, it was this push for me to get out of my comfort zone and, and face that, that fear of me, whatever that was, I don't even know what it was at that point. It was just this fear of throwing it out in the distance and having this big dream. And like, she was on me guys. Like she, she literally, every <laughs> free time she saw me, you book your, you book your flight yet? Oh, Gavina, I have it. She's like, okay, cool. You're going to do it. And then she brought me like a book of like all Egyptian stuff. And like, she was like, this is for you. I'm just planting it. I'm planting the seed. You're going to go. You're going to go. And I, I just kind of like let, let it flow. I let life flow. And it came to this point where I got an invite to Italy. And when I was over in Italy, I was like, there's no way that I can be all the way over here and not go to Egypt. And just Gavina was the one person that was in my brain the whole time saying, do it, do it, do it. And so I finally went to Egypt, sat at the pyramids in Cairo, got to meditate, got to experience it all. And I, and I draw uh, so much gratitude for you, Gavina, in that sense, because you really pushed me out of my comfort zone and pushed me into being this brave in this brave space, which is kind of what we're talking about here in, in our conversation. But that's my, that's my Gavina story, y'all. Uh, <laughs> like, she just comes into the room. She lights up places. She pushes you out of your boundaries. She, she puts you up on game, which we'll hear about in, the, in these different ways, financially, you know, now spiritually, and just like kind of get you on your way and get you on your path. That's my story. But I want you to tell your story, Gavina. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you started, how you got where you are, wherever you want to jump in at. 
Thank you. Yeah, that's a. I forgot about the book I gave you. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, I forgot about that. But I also remember telling you specifically, um, you're going to do it within ten, two years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like sometime soon. It was we made it like I kind of pushed that on you to do it within a two year yeah. time frame. And, and that just became more real for you. And I wanted that so badly for you because it's not the first time that I've heard of someone having a bucket list. I don't have a bucket list. I have yeah, a to-do list, yeah. right? I'm, there's no bucket involved. I'm not going to take the bucket. I'm going to do what I got to do until the universe says that like I've completed the tasks that I need to on this earth. So there's no bucket involved. And the thing when it comes to personal financial wellness, um, travel is a part of that because it's in our innate human desire to travel. Mm -hmm. And that corresponds with mental health, with learning new things, having new experiences, engaging in community internationally. So that was more of a push for me to encourage other people who I just saw that needing to be a requirement mm -hmm. for them. <laughs> um, and saying it's a lot easier than you think. Here's the game plan. It's not that expensive. It's really realistic. And when you get the numbers out there, then things that became like in this cloud space and you see it with numbers and you see an end date, they become reality. And so things are created twice, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about it and then when you plan it out and, and activate on that. So that was my mental thinking when it came to mm -hmm. to push you to do something that was fairly easy in my mind. Yes, because you made it a mountain in mine. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I've I've done a lot of firsts in my life because I come from a lineage of strong women who have done a lot of firsts in their lives. Mm. Right. So I am the dream of my ancestors manifested. And it is my objective in this lifetime to do what I can to the utmost of my capability because that is my calling. That's what the universe has asked me to do as my time in this world. And do the best that I can do because anything less is, is a deficit mm -hmm. <laughs> to my responsibility, right? And Sometimes people don't want to take on that responsibility because it's a challenge and it's intimidating. And I don't remember who, who quoted this, but the biggest fear is not that we are incapable, but the biggest fear is that we are capable beyond measure. And that yes. is what's scary to people. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's a perfect way to kind of sum up like that feeling of being actually going. It's like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was scared that I couldn't do it. It's just like getting over there and being like, oh, dang, like I'm here. Oh, what else? What else could I do now? That's yes. the scary part. Oh, you know I love what I mean? So that's perfect. I love that. I love that. So where did, where did that start from? That, that I, obviously that started from a very young age, like that, that feeling, that fire that you've had, like where did that start and where has that led you on your journey? to who you are now, you know? Yeah, so uh, my grandparents in Mexico, they pretty much had their own village and my grandparents were healers in the community and business people. So they helped um, people with their animals, with their farm, with their health, and they were very well respected and loved. And my uncles have, tra have traveled with Antonia Aguilar um, internationally. Mm. So we have that history mm -hmm. of traveling with my uncles in the show business. And then my mom and my dad, they immigrated here as teenagers and it was very hard and difficult. And then we eventually came to Sacramento, I mean, to California where I was raised. And um, I ended up, I grew up in a, in a country town and a lot of my my friends had parents as teachers who were like, they had this mentality of, oh yeah, college is next. Oh yeah, this is what's mm -hmm. next for us. And even though um, nobody in my family had ever gone to college or thought about that, I was not only the first female in my family to not have a child by the age of 16, mm -hmm. I was also the first one in my family to get a college degree. 
and the first one to travel internationally and the first to mm. be on uh, interviewed on TV. <laughs> you know, it's just all these things. Nice. And I, I take that is um, my mom is a very powerful, inspirational woman. And she has done a lot of things that have gone against the grain of what traditional roles have called upon for a female in the Mexican mm -hmm. culture. And she has believed in us so monumentally. Like I remember her telling my little sister when we were trying to figure out how we're going to pay for my little sister's college. She says, I will do whatever it takes to make your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. And so when I had people like, I got into college because I was a great soccer player and I got recruited. And then they helped me enroll in school. Otherwise I would have had no idea how to enroll in, in college. So mm -hmm. soccer plays a big role in my heart <laughs> for that. And then um, I've always been engaged in community. How can I make my environment better wherever mm -hmm. I am? So I did student government well, in high school. I did student government in, in junior college. And then I said, let me see if I can get into um, to Sac State. I applied. I got into it. We all mm -hmm. cried. And then <laughs> at Sac State, I got my, um, my bachelor's in economics with a minor in business and a certificate in teaching English as a second language. Nice. And then from there, as a volunteer, I was a big brothers. I was a big sister in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. And my little, her grandmother told me about the Peace Corps. And you know, in the Latino community, we don't know about these like fun things that people can do mm -hmm. after they graduate. So I applied, I checked it out. I could do it. Uh, thankfully, because of where I was working at the time while I was going to school, they had tuition reimbursement. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I, we did what we could to make sure that I graduated debt-free from uh, undergrad. Nice. And so then after undergrad, I joined the Peace Corps in 2010, and I served as an English teacher in West Africa, Sierra Leone, for two and a half years. And I was like one of five minorities in that group of 40 who mm -hmm. went. So that was a big mm -hmm. thing as mm -hmm. well. And um, yeah, great things happened there. I came back stateside, pursued my graduate degree in teaching English as a second language, discovered that I didn't need a master's to do what I wanted to do, asked for a refund, and they said, no, thanks for your money. You can leave. But <laughs> And then um, I was working full time in 2017 as a banker, and I was just like, is this really what life is about? Mm -hmm. a good paycheck with great benefits in return for the dreams that you had. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, this, this can't be no, life. So then um, by that time I was in a good financial place. I had no debt. I had over 10 grand saved up because my intention was to put a down payment on a house. Mm -hmm. So I took that, I put in my, my two weeks and I said, Deuce's work. I'm going back to West Africa. Mm. And so I raised some funds here for girl child education, which I'm going to be amping the funds up again for that, for when I return um, either within the next two years back to Sierra Leone. And so I started this girl child education fund to take with me back to West Africa, back to Sierra mm -hmm. Leone. And I said, well, while I'm out there, let me just go country hop mm. and then make my way back. So um, I asked the community for $500 knowing that mm -hmm. um, $500 has a big effect in Sierra Leone. My community responded by contributing $1,200 mm. and supplies nice. and medicine and a big bag to take it all in. And I just went with a backpack. Nice. So um, I went and my Friend and I, we went on the back of a motorcycle and distributed funds, scholarships, clothing, um, supplies, water filters, prenatal vitamins, children's vitamins, um, to places that you could only get to 
via like a dugout canoe, a motorcycle. There was no road access for a car. Um, and we just went through North and South Sierra Leone distributing these, these goods. Uh, I wish I was like able to record it better, but I'll do that again for next time. And once I was done there, I celebrated my birthday in Sierra Leone. And then I said, where's next? And I went to Morocco and then I went to Egypt and I went to mm. Greece and Italy, and then I made my way back to like DC, Arizona, and eventually California where, um, I took some time off and then I was like, okay, intuition, let me know my next move, right? I was gonna check in with my antenna and say, all right, I did that, I felt good, what's next? And it said, you know what you really like to do? I said, what do I really like to do? And it says, you like to teach. And I said, yes, but I don't wanna grade papers. I'm not a fan of that. And it says, no, 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 no. You like to teach and you like finances. So, how about you teach financial education? And I said, that's a great idea. I feel all good in my heart thinking about it, but maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I still need more information. Maybe I'm not ready. And you know, when, when you discuss this with people in your community who are at your level or who are also go-getters, yep. things happen. Mm -hmm. So I had a conversation with uh, Francesca Gamez. Mm -hmm. Frankie, shout out to Frankie. Yeah, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, that's dope. We need that. Use my space. We'll send out a shout out and we'll make it happen. And I was just like, okay, let's do it. Because <laughs> success is on the other side of fear, mm -hmm. right? That's that's when you overcome that that fear part, that's where the great stuff is. And what is fear? It's just fear comes from not knowing. Yeah. That's where it comes from. But once you know, then you're like, oh, that wasn't so hard. Well, that was kind of easy. What was I freaking out about? Yeah. So we had that. Uh, I brought some food. So my idea behind it was like, let me bring some food because I remember just from my experiences, if you're hungry, you're not going to learn as easily, mm -hmm. right? And so food is such a big, important piece to it. And so I said, well, if we have slices of pizza, why don't I call this um, finance how you slice it? Mm -hmm. And I remember like maybe nine people showed up the first time and they had all these questions and I was like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is me. Wait, I was it. at one of those. Was I at the first one or did... Did you have, you had multiples then? Yeah, okay, mm -hmm. okay, because I was like, yo, you didn't seem nervous when I was there. You were just floating through it. I was, I had my notes and my pencil. It was like, oh, she's giving game away. Okay, cool. You know, ah! came around with like the little steps on how to, you know, have financial literacy. And I still, like literally, I still have that on the side of my refrigerator and I've just checked them off like, okay, yep, got that. Okay, got that. So okay. yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Okay, keep going, keep going though. Okay, what happened after that? Yeah, so um, one class led to another and I asked, I just reached out to the community and I said, I'm willing to give these free financial classes. I'm bringing, supplying food. I'm supplying education. I just need space. And I asked around and the community provided and I did it from Northgate to South Sac and in between. Um, and I had as little as one person at a session mm -hmm. to the max of like 20 people. And I think that's the one that you went mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, it built up momentum. And I said, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just felt so aligned. Yeah. And I said, this, this is exactly like, where my interests meet with the interests of assisting my community and empowering others with education. And that's what I love about teaching is being able to transpose this information that I have in my head to other people in a way that is delicious, that mm -hmm. marinates inside of their cranium mm -hmm. and that they can apply as a result of learning it in a way that was really friendly and unintimidating. So my goal is to make financial education, not taboo. 
is something that we can talk about mm -hmm. so that way we can grow from it because we can only grow and heal when we discuss things that have hurt us or have these like we have attributions like um of pain associated with it and sometimes with a lot of people money comes with pain and painful experiences from their childhood when they were done wrong when they were like cut short on things or just not having the know-how of where to start and wishing that they knew how to start but not knowing where to go or how it's going to be expensive to begin you know like all of these questions of how or what if all of these things that are associated with fear and money my goal is to reduce the fear by informing people about how to get from here to here and how easy it is to do so with a plan and with encouragement by someone who can hold them accountable mm -hmm. to this but also having the knowledge that comes with financial education and financial literacy and that's for everyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's how that's how we're going. And she's like and then here i am right now <laughs> I love it. That's a dope catch up. So let's talk about that, though. Let's, you know, obviously this is uh, about wellness, right? So what does wellness, and I'm, I want you to break it down in however many ways that you, you can break it down, but what does wellness mean to you? Like on a personal level, but then also, you know, throwing it all the way out there to like community and, and how much does the finances play a, a part in that? Or does it, you know, like talk about that? Yeah, wellness means uh, to me safety, mm. means control of yourself, um, self empowerment, self, um, I don't know if I can say the word correctly, self efficacy. Advocacy? Yeah. Spanish, girl, <laughs> if you can't say it in English, you say it in Spanish. I don't know that word uh, either. It's one of those hard words. <laughs> I got you. Advocacy. Let me Google it for you. Let me have, uh, let me have Google say it out loud Advocacy. for you. Advocacy. <laughs> yeah. But being able to say what you are comfortable with mm -hmm. and having the ability to make an impact on what you want to see for yourself, right? So having mm -hmm. self-empowerment to do what you want to do for your mental safety and um, empowerment. Those are just mm -hmm. the words that come off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Safety is a big one, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that get left, that, that very simple principle gets left out because it's hard to be well when you don't feel safe and you're in a constant fight of survival. Mm -hmm. And if you're in this mentality of survival, then you're fighting your resources, you're fighting your environment, you're fighting history, you are just, and you get tired from fighting. Mm -hmm. And like, you're fighting yourself. I want to be healthier, but I just like my mm -hmm. sugar. Or I want to be healthier, but dang it, if their attention does just not make me feel good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is 100%. all sorts of like relationships with people, with food, with yourself, with your money. It's having a safe place to be with all of these different groups that are part of our life and having a say in what is good for you and acting it out and having, you know, like the safety, the safe space to do it. Mm -hmm. And the community encouragement to follow through with safe behaviors mm -hmm. to incorporate all of the levels of wellness for yourself to move forward from survival to thrival. Yes. And that's the transition that really is a beautiful place to go to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's so, that's so important, you know, and I think, you know, even me, like, as you say that, you know, that safety piece, it, it's so key. Because you are, like, whether you understand it or not, maybe you just maneuver through it, but you are fighting all of these different um, influences on you all the time, right? Like, whether it's beliefs, and like you said, like history, 
you know, traumas from the past. It might not have even been from your generation. It could have been a generation before, a generation before that. And so having that space to, like, actively just kind of be and experience what it's like to not be in the in, in all of that. You have to you have to have a safe place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's dope. Um so let's talk about like how you learned and earned ownership over that personal power. Like how do you feel like you learned that and learned to be in that space of wellness? Um, you just get to a point where you're like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people just get, if you don't get angry about a situation, if it doesn't make you upset and mad and get all of this like stuff riled up, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're not going to create the change that you need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. And it's about not just being complacent. It's not about like, oh, it doesn't bother me that much. I'm going to keep dealing with it. So that is what I think for a lot of people, and I'm just saying this more from my experience, that has led to that change that says, I don't want to be in the situation. I'm that people who have raised me, who have been around me, I don't want to be in the situation that they were in. I don't want to be 16 with a child. <laughs> I don't want to be in a situation where I have to pay student loans for like the next 20 years. I don't want to be in a situation where um, I'm exhausted or I'm tired all the time or that I can't do the things that I want to do because I don't have the finances to do them. I want to live the best life that I envision for myself and that requires to make to, that requires me to make adjustments from what I've become comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And these days comfort for me is a sign of amping things up and, and making moves to continue to grow because comfort and growth do not live in the same home. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I you say so much. I'm like writing down things. I'm like, oh, yeah, game right there. Okay, piece of game right there. <laughs> but I love this idea of like making those adjustments to those things, you know, um, when they get a little too comfortable. How do you determine from your intuition when that moment comes in your life, right? Like, how do you get to that point? Is it something happens and you're just like, yo, I need to tune in. And then tune in, intuition is just like, go, go the other way. Like, how do, you, how do you make those adjustments or how do you recognize when those adjustments need to be made? I guess is the question. I check in with myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Or like, if I'm not feeling, if I say if it's people, I'll step away or after that session of hanging out with somebody, and I'll go back home or I'll be just, you know, like those moments in the car, once you pull into the driveway and you're just chilling and you're thinking about life, you know, for like five minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm, about. I'm like, have you, have you been in the car with me? In that <laughs> right. yeah. You just sit there and you're like, uh -huh, uh -huh. let's think about it. So, it's thinking about, does this person give me energy or does this person deflate my energy? Do they consume my energy? And what role do I have in this situation to make a move? Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is activities that I do, do I enjoy them? Does it give me more energy to continue this? Does it build on my creativity? Am I just being comfortable right now and being kind of lazy is that what i need right now because you can't be up here all the time and you know when in wellness means that you have to have your flow just like the tides mm -hmm. just like the moon cycles you can't be one thing all the time right so reg recognizing does my body and my spirit and my mind need to rest right now okay are we done resting and it's time to be active and proactive okay 
what's next? Mm -hmm. So I write a lot and I have a book of everything. So I got this little book right here. It's my book of everything, Mm -hmm. all my thoughts. I put like sometimes budgeting in here, future plans for travel, ideas, questions that I have about uh, life and existence and whatnot, Mm -hmm. all in Mm -hmm. one book. Mm-hmm. And um, if you think too much, writing it out is going to give you a space to reflect on it. So that way, if you do get to a point where you can talk to somebody else about it, you will have already collected your thoughts in one place. Mm-hmm. So that way you can focus on the things that really stick out to you that may be the issue, that may be the, the thing to celebrate, you know, depending on where you're at. But you have a place where you can reflect on your notes and be like, okay, this is what was going on. All right, if I I already let it out, phase one, let me check in with my homie Mm -hmm. to see if they're in a mental space to receive this conversation. And then we can discuss Mm -hmm. and figure things out for more clarity. Um, But writing, if you think too much, writing it out is gonna help you. If you don't think enough, then listening is gonna help you. And that means like Mm -hmm. audiobooks, uh, podcasts, things like that, to get your mind juices flowing with new ideas or new activities or new challenges that you can take on for yourself. So, and then of course, there's like the medium of both listening to something and writing it out if it gives you all of these these thoughts mm-hmm. and creating the quiet space to allow these experiences to happen. And quiet time is key. And that means mm-hmm. like, I'm not a fan of having the TV on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the music is even out. Yeah. It's just like silence, like that moment before you like get into the house, allows all of these subconscious thoughts to come forward because now there's no noise to block them. The firewall is down and now they can come forward and be like, hey, look at us, hey, look at us. We have all these ideas. So that's yeah. those are all things that I incorporate to say, Am I fine right here or am I ready to level up? And leveling up Mm -hmm. is always the key for me of how can I be better than the version that I was last year? And that's why Mm -hmm. it's so important to check to see what things did you do last year? Because I could talk for the rest of my life and say, yeah, I was a Peace Corps volunteer. Yeah, I was a teacher. Yeah, I started this program in college. Yeah, I started this and I did that. And these are all cool things that I did. But if you haven't done anything awesome in the last like two years, or you haven't done much growth within the last year or six months, Mm -hmm. something happened. And I don't wanna hear about the achievements that you did in your childhood or your I wanna see how are you continuing to challenge yourself? How are you continuing to grow as a human being? Because that is true wellness as you age for your mind, your body, your soul, Mm -hmm. your spirit, all the things that need to be checked off to continue to be in good health and in alignment with yourself as a human being in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it reminds yeah. me of, um, I've always sat with uh, Andre 3000, shout out to him, uh, in uh, one of his songs, he goes, baby boy, you're only funky as your last cut. You focus on the past, your ass will be a has what. And that's always sat with me since high school when I heard that, I was just like, yeah, and it's that. Like, I've never been the type to be like, yeah, back in high school, this is what I was doing. It's like, nah, and I like how you put that limit on it. If you haven't done these things in the last two years, like, that's that's a pure indicator of like, it's time to grow, time to move on, you know? And that's that's an act of wellness too, when you think about it, because it's it's this letting go of and making space for a new you, you know, instead of holding on to what, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago sometimes, you know? So that's dope, that's a dope. Um, let me ask you this. What are some lessons that 2020 has taught you about willpower and, and just being brave? Like, what are some of those lessons that came out of 2020 for you in that space? Um, 2020. Bless 2020. <laughs> <What>? Rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think about like, there was a lot of, 2020 was hard. There's no fighting that. It was really a difficult place. 
And I feel like for myself personally, I made sure that I kept the boundaries that I needed to be safe for myself, right? Mm -hmm. So when you create boundaries, you're saying, this is what I will allow, this is what I will not allow. And that goes for what you allow for other people, what other people for you, and you have these bounds. So that was like, how much now that I'm working from home is my work life going to be involved in my personal life? Mm. I gotta create space for that. Um, create space to be physically active. So like when you are sad, my thing for sadness is move. Mm right? You have to move. So what can I, what did I do to, to create the room to move um, and let the sadness flow from me? Because it's a natural thing. Humans are sad, especially when there's such uncertainty and this feeling of unsafety in the world. So doing the things that I needed to do so that way I could be the best version of myself. And what really came from that was saying, the more that I took care of myself, the more that I could be there mm -hmm. to support other people who were in a place that was not as healthy as where I was. So mm -hmm. it was a reminder for me of the impact that I have in my smaller communities with my neighbors, with my family, with my friends, and saying, I can be the voice of encouragement. I can, I can be the support for you because I've been able to take care and support the needs that I've needed to for myself in order to be able to, to help my community, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the biggest lesson that came out was just a reminder of, of um, a big reason of what it is that I do and why I do it. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, I learned a big lesson at this Curandera series that I attended with Soul Collective. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Soul Collective. Shout out to Soul Collective. <laughs> <laughs> and while I was there, I had this epiphany. And I was talking about the story of my birth and what my mom was going through when I was born. And it came to my understanding that the reason that I was born and my purpose on this life was to be courage and light. Mm. and simply that mm. right simply and as complicated as it is that is my purpose so understanding my need to be courageous for myself and for other people that means sticking up for others having a voice having a say and living through my what my intuition tells me to do or suggests for mm. me to do and holding up having the courage to stay and stay within the path that my um, intuition is guiding yes. me through, you know, and being who you are is one of the hard, like being truly who you are out in this world is one of the hardest things to be. And if you can do that with courage, other people will see that. Mm -hmm. And courage is contagious. Courage mm -hmm. has a longer shelf life than fear ever will, right? Fear can be contagious, mm -hmm. but courage outlasts fear in any regard so knowing this and knowing the power and the influence that i have in my community i know that i need to take care of myself so i can be this strength for other people who need it at that time mm. and that's the biggest lesson that i learned from 2020 was to take care of me and do the things that i know i needed to do like exercise eat right and even um Something that I was doing a lot was writing a lot of poetry oh, to like okay. express what I was going mm -hmm. through. Like I felt bad because I wasn't out there in the marches during uh, a lot of the Black Lives Matters protests, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <sighs> I was kind of feeling guilty for it, but I was like, no, Gavina, your lane is you are a healer. You are here mm -hmm. on this side with your, with your purpose in this community as well, right? We have warriors, mm -hmm. we have people who out there are, who are active with their body and with their voice and their, their images. And for you, you are a healer. So what you can deal with people that have gone through trauma or to like digest what's going on in their brains mm -hmm. or expressing mm -hmm. or creating groups to have these dialogues and these discussions. So know what you're good at and, and do that, but don't have 
guilt. Just know that you do what you can within your capabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created conversation groups where we express poetry. Again, Francesca helped me out mm-hmm. with that. We created girls where we talked about certain issues that were happening in society that were that we wanted to highlight through through poetry and spoken word. And um, I even wrote like a few lines of poetry for my body that had grown like by 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like a lot of people's mm-hmm. bodies changed last year. And there was all this yeah. like, even before 2020, there was this negative body imagery with gaining weight, right? Oh, mm-hmm. you're not well if you're gaining weight. Mm-hmm. You're not healthy if you're gaining weight. But if your mind is in survival mode, your body's going to create the space to kind of like like an eggshell, right? Yeah. Being the yolk inside of this eggshell to protect mm-hmm. you while you take care of the yolk. Mm-hmm. Your body's going to do what it can to make sure that you're protected and taken care of, even if that means gaining weight. Mm-hmm. And so I would write like love poetry to my body because I'd look in the mirror and then I would like do these little things where my, uh, where I used to have abs was now like flabby mm-hmm. stomach that was rolling over. And so I would pretend that it was a face and I would like try and make my, my stomach fat talk. Right. And I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, yo, you know what a benefit is? My boobs are getting bigger. Hey. hey. <laughs> I love it. And I looked down and I, I looked at my legs and I was like, damn legs, thank you for carrying me through all of this. Feet, thank you for holding it down, mm. staying connected. Arms, thank you for being so strong. Belly, thank you for being a safe place for my organs, for my heart, for my lungs. And I would just touch all these parts of me and be like, thank you. Thank you for doing the work. I appreciate you. Mm. I pre- There's more to love right mm-hmm. now. I appreciate you. And this is where we are right now. This is not forever. Yes. And you're doing the work while I'm doing the work. So mm-hmm. thank you. And I was like, that was something that I did, you know, part of the taking care of me so I can take care of others mentality is just checking in with myself and just making sure that I gave that love back to me while my body was going through these changes as well as with my mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. I got to record that because uh, it's a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> Please do, please do, and then we can link it in, into this podcast or shoot a link to right? it. I want to hear it. I love it. I'm just, I'm just over here taking notes. The homie said, yeah. the homie said, see, this is why I wanted to have this conversation, and I'm sure, like, everybody can see um, Gavina is a light in herself, you know, and just having that light be in the world is just a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Um, And so one of my things I always kind of uh, ask in these talks, I look at you and I see that you are on your spiritual journey. You've been on your spiritual journey since birth, right? And you're understanding the connection back to that by, by being like courage and like all the way back to birth. What tip or what advice would you give someone who's just starting their journey of, you know, spirituality or wellness or just being more in tune with them, whatever that may mean? What are those pieces of advice? What is that one tip that you would give the homies? Listen, listen and follow through with what your intuition is guiding you to. Mm I think in my 20s, when I was really taking the journey, when I really like went headfirst into it, I was not listening <laughs> to what my intuition was telling me. I was like, for real intuition? I don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to do this thing that my mind is telling me to do because it's going to work out better. And then next scene, I'm coming back like, all right, intuition, let's do that thing that you said I should do. And it worked out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the more that you follow what your intuition is telling to you, and you know, like your intuition is your umbilical cord to something much greater, which is like your guide to 
whatever you want to believe, it's your connection, your umbilical cord to something much greater than yourself. And I truly believe this. And the more that you are in alignment with your intuition, the more that you don't second guess what your intuition is telling you. And that includes like red flags about people, red flags about situations, red flags about like experiences. And that's not necessarily to say fear, right? Like bungee jumping and you're like, oh, I'm afraid. It's not necessarily about fear. It's about listening to what your intuition is telling you and saying like, okay, we're good. We're gonna be good to follow through with this. What's the best? And this is a question mm-hmm. I love to ask myself too. What's the best that could happen? Mm-hmm. Right, if you follow mm-hmm. your intuition, what's the best that could happen? If you, if you focus on the negative, you're going to see negative results. If you say you can or say you can't, you're right. And if each side is equal, why not choose the side that's going to be more proactive and beneficial to you? Mm-hmm. So again, I repeat myself, what is the best that could happen if you book a ticket to Egypt? What is the best that could happen? Mm-hmm. If you set money aside for this trip and you're like, okay, I got a $2,000 budget or a $2,500 budget for Egypt, I'm gonna go there within five years. It's gonna take me this long to figure it out. What's the best that could happen mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. that, right? What other adventures could you be le- like led to if you just have the courage to be like, yo, let me hit on this person real quick because they fly. Mm-hmm. What is the best that could happen if you take that approach? Mm-hmm. And to speak up what you need to, even if what you say is a squeak. Mm-hmm. That's something else that's been on my mind mm-hmm. is just speaking up for what you need to speak up for for other people, for yourself, for your boundaries, right? And creating that space. Speak on it even if you squeak on it. (laughs) There it is. Speak on it even if you squeak on it. (laughs) The homies Just put it out there. Yeah. Because I was having a conversation the other day. It says, if we don't speak what we need to, and that talks about like releasing whatever is inside that we need to get out. If you don't talk on it, then it's going to get caught up inside of your throat chakra, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to get caught up in here and you're going to start feeling like you're going to be coughing. You're going to have all these issues with your, with your throat or with Mm -hmm. your lungs, because now sadness over sadness, the first place that sadness takes over is your lungs. So understanding the spiritual connections is if you don't speak on what you need to speak on, then things get clogged and your health becomes an issue as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So even if you have to write it down first and then talk about it, speak on it. I love that. I love that. Oh, that's a, I feel like that's a good spot for us to like just resonate with. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've shared so much, man. And I, I mean... I have like all these notes here, just like different things. And, you know, I just want to say that I appreciate you and I'm, I'm glad that I can have this platform to be able to share these little interactions that I get to have with you with other people. You know what I'm saying? Because you to me embody this path of truly being yourself and being well in that space. And, you know, I was in a conversation before and it's this idea of wellness is a practice. And I feel like you, you embody that you practice it, you move forward in it, you trust it, you learn, you might bump your head, but then you come back with another, you know, direction and say like, all right, intuition, let's roll with that. And, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to see from an outsider's perspective. So I just appreciate you being able to spend this time to like share that with other folks and, and share that light with other folks. How do people stay connected to you? Where should they follow you? What do you What do you have coming up that you want to tell them about? This is that moment. Thank you. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I have a lot of respect and adm- admiration for what you and your beautiful wife do in the community as well. 
um, and just your family mm -hmm. and your organization, what you guys do is monumentous. And I want, I'm trying to be on your guys' level, you know, one day you are. <laughs> as right well. There, girl. <laughs> we leveling up together right now. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, connection. So I have my financial page that I'm still in development, but it's already on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's called financially.fresh. Mm. And that is for financial information when COVID first hit and people were like, what do I do with money? That's where I was putting out information on what mm. to do with your incentive uh, payments, how to deal with your debt if you couldn't make payments, um, and all the other financial advice videos to come as well. I'll be launching a website within the next few months, um, and I'll put that information on that. And I'm also on financially.fresh on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So those two places are where you can find my outlet with um, financial information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay. Wait, say that last piece again and we'll splice that in because you kind of cut out and that's that, that last piece. We'll cut this piece and then make sure it gets clear because <laughs> I want people to know exactly where they can find you at. Go ahead. You can find me at financially.fresh on Instagram and Facebook for financial information and education. And we can always connect through there as well. Love it. So you heard it. You heard it there. You know what I mean? Make sure you connect with her. Um, she she gives out game, but she also gives out life, which is the, the dopest part about it. She gives you she gives you game and life. She gives you life game. You know what I mean? And so um Thank you, Gavina, for being with us. And um, yeah, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll connect soon. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you too. Always All a right. pleasure. All right, peace.